the Canadian Military History Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lacroix. Music provided by the 48th Highlanders of Canada. Today's guest, Chief Warrant Officer Carl DeRoche. It was a pretty exciting time in the forces when I joined. It was actually a time of high optimism in the Canadian forces. Welcome to the Canadian Military History Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lacroix. I don't have any messages or reviews to go over right now. What I did do over the weekend was I went to the Canadian Army Reserve Strategic Planning Session in Ottawa, and I got to meet with my counterparts from across Canada. And one of the highlights of the weekend, other than Canadian Olympic hockey, was all the systems and efforts that are out there to look after the welfare and well-being of our Canadian soldiers. And I say soldiers because it is the Army conference that I attended. Something as simple as the CF1 card, a card that provides discounts and opportunities for serving soldiers, help stretch those dollars. Something like the Royal Canadian Legion, which has services to help direct soldiers in need, soldiers in a crisis, soldiers looking for benefits, and all free of charge. So lots of good information, lots of good programs out there to support our soldiers and also supporting our sailors and Air Force personnel as well. It's a good chance to get together with people I haven't seen in a while. Good way to compare notes, see what type of issues are being faced out east and out west, and also maybe reach out and get a few more guests for you, the good listener. Since there are no messages or reviews to go over, I'm going to go straight into introducing the guest today. The guest today is Chief Warrant Officer Carl DeRoche, and he served in the Royal Canadian Regiment, all three battalions, and also in the Canadian Airborne Regiment. He joined the Canadian Army in July of 1980 after serving with HMCS York Cadets and the Cadets of the Royal Regiment of Canada. If you could say Carl DeRoche has a specialty, it would be in reconnaissance. So not only in regimental reconnaissance, but also in airborne reconnaissance. The specialty known as Patrol Pathfinder. He's also had the opportunity to serve overseas in several tours, including Cyprus, the first Gulf War, in Croatia, in Bosnia, in Kosovo, and also in Afghanistan. He concluded his 32-year service in the branch known as the Directorate General of Capability and Structural Integration as part of the Chief of Force Development Branch within the Canadian Forces. When I first met Carl DeRoche, I was a corporal on my very first leadership course, being introduced to various concepts such as leadership and instruction, and I recall a particular drill lesson that I was teaching where I marched out in front of my section and I immediately started calling out drill instructions. And I didn't go through a specific process that everyone else was following where I'd tell people which part of the lesson I was in. I simply called out the drill instructions, called out the corrections, and moved on through the lesson. And as I was doing individual corrections, I could see the look in my peers' eyes as to how they interpreted how poorly I was doing in the lesson. And They expected me to say, this is now the introduction of the lesson. And then I would go through the introduction. This is part one of the lesson, and they would expect me to go through that. But I didn't follow that format. I followed essentially what I believed was my own format. And when I was done, I was ready to take what was coming to me. But I felt that that's the way a drill lesson should be taught. And I was very surprised to hear Sergeant DeRoche say to my peers, 
that's the way a drill lesson is to be taught. So exactly what I was thinking, and it took me a bit off guard, but uh, I was very proud of being a young corporal, teaching one of my very first drill lessons, and having nailed it so well and receiving such high praise from my very fearsome infantry section commander. So here's my interview with Chief Warrant Officer Carl DeRoche. Chief Warrant Officer DeRoche, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Carl, you and I met at the Royal Canadian Regiment Battle School at Canadian Forces Base Petawawa when you were my section commander in 1991 during my infantry section commander's course. Yes, I remember that well. I was an augmentee instructor from the 1st Battalion of the RCR at the time. I was on an unaccompanied posting to London, and I went to the battle school to do a tasking to teach on the infantry section commander's course, and that was immediately after our tour in the first Gulf War. Yes, I remember you talking about that. It's also interesting to note that my counterpart at 2CMBG was also a section commander on that course. Chief Warrant Officer Ambrose Penton is a brigade sergeant major in Petawawa. That's fantastic. Ambrose and I are actually quite good friends and we maintain fairly regular contact. I've followed his career quite closely and our career paths have paralleled each other since we were sergeants together in 1RCR. We're both from the same infantry specialist background. We're reconnaissance patrolmen, so it meant that our career paths were quite similar during our time in 1RCR. Well, I know those skills that you passed on to me have helped me in my development. Moving on, I've sent you the questions in advance. Did you have a chance to look them over? Uh, Yes, I've had a look at the questions. Well then, are you all set? Absolutely. Carl, please tell me why you decided to join the Canadian Armed Forces. That's that's really a funny funny story. I was a 12-year-old kid growing up in the inner city in Toronto, and I actually saw a sea cadet in full white uniform on the streetcar one day, and I asked him where, where he had gotten that outfit. And he told me, uh, I asked him how much he had paid for it. And uh, he actually told me he was a sea cadet from HMCS York. And I actually went and joined immediately and spent about a year with the sea cadets and then transferred over to the army cadets who were quite close by. And uh, by the time I was 17, I couldn't wait for my 17th birthday. I knew that I was going to join the army at the age of 13. It's interesting how many people got their start in the cadet program. Now, did you join the reserves before going into the regular force, or was it straight into the regs from there? Uh, no, I went straight from cadets to the regular army. My, I'm quite proud of uh, my cadet career and the act, and actually the cadet program because it's a it's a fantastic citizenship program. And I was with the Royal Regiment of Canada in Toronto. I eventually became the RSM of that cadet corps, and I was promoted by Prince Charles. Incredible! That's quite an honor. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what was the world like when you joined? Um, Well, the world was quite different. The Vietnam War had ended in the 1970s. I think that the opinions of armed forces uh, were quite unpopular at the time. I joined in 1980, so there was still a bit of a residual effect of probably the Vietnam conflict, and that kind of spilled over into Canada. But then in the 1980s, there was a bit of a sea change, and there was an injection of resources into the Canadian forces. So it it was actually a time of high optimism in the Canadian forces, and we had recapitalized the forces with new ships and new aircraft. The CF-18s were bought at the time, and the AVGP family of vehicles, the Grizzlies and Cougars and so on, were bought at the same time. It was a pretty exciting time in the forces when I joined. 
And immediately after joining, I think I was 18 years old when I did my basic para course and immediately went to the Canadian Airborne Regiment. So you've already touched a bit on the next question. What were you like when you joined? I think I was your typical teenager in a lot of ways, but I think that my cadet experience had prepared me very well for the forces. I come from a very disciplined family. My dad was an engineer from the Caribbean. He'd been all over the world. We traveled quite a bit. I was born in Grenada in the West Indies. And like I say, we, we came from a very disciplined background. So when I joined the forces, I knew that I enjoyed the structure. I knew that I would have no problem with the discipline, and I knew that my cadet background had prepared me well for what to expect from the the regular force in some way. That's very insightful, and I hope that there are cadets out there that might choose to follow the same path. Carl, why don't you tell us what your greatest achievement was or your most memorable experience in the Canadian Armed Forces? Um, My most memorable achievement in the CF was at the age of 19 as a trooper, Uh, which is an airborne rank uh, as a private soldier. I was selected or nominated for the patrol pathfinder course at 19 years old. I went on to pass the course. I was successful on the course and was the youngest member of the Canadian Forces to ever successfully complete that course, and it's never been done since, and that was 1982. That is quite an achievement. What types of things are learned on the patrol pathfinders course? Uh, The patrol pathfinder course at the time was the most difficult or one of the most difficult courses in the Airborne Regiment and patrol pathfinders, the idea was that they'd be dropped in behind the lines 48 hours in advance of an airborne formation and they would find, secure and control the drop zones for the follow-on force that would come in later on. If things went south, if things didn't go well, then the pathfinders were expected to exfiltrate through partisans or through uh, neutral third nations and so on. So it was it was quite a specialized job. The pathfinders were highly regarded and highly respected by the regimental commander and everybody else in the regiment at that, at that time. So and and then subsequently, after a successful drop, the the pathfinder group went on to be the reconnaissance element for the follow-on airborne forces. So who holds that capability today? Uh, there are still pa- patrol pathfinders in the Canadian Forces within the, uh, the Light Infantry Battalion, all cadre of uh, pathfinders with each uh, parachute company within each of the Light Battalions. So that would be a jump company in each of the three regular force regiments, the Royal Canadian Regiment, the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, and the Royal 22nd Regiment. There's also the uh, Canadian Special Operations Regiment. They have a special operations role, and it's similar in ways. A lot of pathfinders have gone on to either be in Joint Task Force 2 or in the Special Operations Regiment. Well, it's good to know that that capability is still being maintained. Can you tell us who your greatest influence was or who the most memorable character was that you've encountered? And before you answer that question, I need to let you know that Greg Briggs a guest on one of the previous episodes, highlighted you as one of his greatest influences. Well, that's very flattering. I definitely remember my single greatest inspiration, my mentor in the forces, Chief Warrant Officer Gap. I met him in, I believe, 1977 as a cadet. He was an RCR Master Corporal who had just come back from Cyprus a few years earlier, and he'd won the Medal of Bravery in Cyprus. When I joined the Army and went on to the Airborne Regiment, he ended up being my first section commander in the Airborne Regiment. He was a sergeant at the time. 
And then later on, when I got posted to 1RCR, he was my company sergeant major. Even after that, when I was in Afghanistan, he was the task force sergeant major, and I was a uh, company sergeant major myself. So throughout my career, he's been there, and he's, he's been a mentor. He's been a sounding board for me. Uh, taught me a lot about uh, man management and leadership, and uh, taught me a lot about being an NCO in the Canadian Forces. Well, as a chief warrant officer, he was also the senior mentor on my infantry company sergeant majors course. He definitely had a presence when he walked into the room and people knew that it was time to listen and pay attention. Absolutely. He was a consummate professional as a soldier, very fair and adept leader. He was absolutely somebody to emulate. Are there any memorable stories or events that you want to shed some light on? Well, one of the things that I remember most about Chief Warrant Officer Gap is uh, during our time in the Airborne Regiment as a section commander, regardless of where we were parachuting into or the difficulty of the conditions or any of those things, he always managed to be upbeat and have a great sense of humor. He was great at ribbing the members of his section and so on, and we all looked up to him pretty much to a man. And uh, that carried on through his entire career. He was always, uh, you know, it never changed. He was always the same person, always firm but fair, and uh, and did everything with a, with a great sense of humor. Well, I know that I've always appreciated learning from him as well. Mm-hmm. We're on to the final question now. What was the greatest challenge you had to overcome? Uh, the single greatest challenge I had to overcome, I was a, uh, and it was a physical challenge, I was a... Um, a qualified mountain operations instructor during my time in the forces. And in 1992, which was the 125th year of Confederation, the Army and the Air Force decided to mount a joint expedition to uh, Mount Logan, Canada's highest peak, as part of the 125th celebration. And uh, I was part of that team, and we had given ourselves 44 days to reach the summit of Mount Logan and, and get back safely. And uh, we were able to accomplish that in 23 days up and down. We had a 13-man team. We had planned to have a 12-man team. And we were able to put all 13 members of the team on the summit of Mount Logan. But it was definitely challenging. The danger was very real. The conditions were quite harsh. And it was very physically challenging. So it's definitely one of the greatest challenges I've had to overcome during my time. Well, Carl, we've come to the end of the four questions. Is there anything about your service that you'd like to highlight or draw some particular attention to? Um, One of the things that I would like to highlight is when General Hillier decided to transform the Canadian forces, he made a comment in one of his sit reps that he wanted to see an employment concept that was based more on what people knew and less on their rank. And he directed the Canadian Forces Chief at that time to start a new employment program to select certain senior NCMs to work at strategic level headquarters. I ended up working at the newly formed Chief of Force Development on what I thought was a two-year posting that ended up being my final six years in the Canadian Forces. One of the things that I was asked to do by CFD at the time, who was General Ward and then General Beer, was to write the concept of how we systematically, professionally developed chief warrant officers for strategic level of employment. So I had a team of nine master warrant officers and a year to produce what's called um, Beyond Transformation, the Chief Warrant Officer's Strategic Employment Concept. And I had no experience or no background in that type of thing. 
and we ended up doing all the research and writing the book, and that's now a Canadian Forces policy document. So by way of trying to give back to the uh, the Canadian Forces, one of the other Master Warrant Officers at the time, he's an Air Force Master Warrant Officer, he's now a Chief Warrant Officer, his name is Rich Nadeau, He's now the CFD, the Chief of Force Development's Chief Warrant Officer. And uh, we stay in contact regularly. And I've offered up my services to the CF to be able to just brief senior NCMs on what they can expect after they've retired from the forces. So I retired after 32 years. I now work for a company called Hatch. And Hatch is a global engineering procurement construction management company that develops mega projects around the world. So projects $500 million and above in scope. Right now we're doing a project on Baffin Island that's a $7.1 billion project. And my job there is as I'm the senior site deployment specialist. I run a team of all ex-Canadian Forces members. As a matter of fact, all the members of my team are ex-officers. And we're expected to put in place basically small towns to support large construction labor forces on mega projects. Wow, interesting. And my experience in the Canadian Forces is the only thing that's prepared me or is, is certainly one of the most important things that's prepared me for what I'm doing now. Well, I have a copy of that book, Beyond Transformation, and I know that it's still being used as a development tool for today's Chief Warrant Officers. Carl, we've come to the end of the show, and I would like to thank you for taking the time to share your experiences and memories with me. It's been my pleasure. I absolutely love the time that I spent in the Canadian Forces. I have absolutely no regret. I did 32 years. I enjoyed every one of them. Every day was an adventure. It was never the same, uh, never the same thing, never boring. If there's any way that I could give back to the Forces, I am still standing ready to serve. We would definitely be the better for that. Thanks again. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Canadian Military History Podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy the podcast, please leave some feedback on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send me an email at cmhp at gmail.com. Please let me know if you'd like me to read your comments on the air. While you're waiting for our next episode, please visit the website at www.canadianmilitaryhistorypodcast.ca or the CMHP Facebook page. If you'd like to support the podcast by making a donation, please click the PayPal link on the webpage. The next time you're considering buying something from Amazon.ca, please visit the Canadian Military History Podcast website and click on my Amazon link. A small portion of your purchase goes directly towards the support and maintenance of the podcast. However, your great price from Amazon doesn't change. All donations will go directly into the production of the podcast. All music is used with the express permission of the commanding officer. End tag music is provided by the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry. Views and opinions are those of the guests of the Canadian Military History Podcast and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Mike Lacroix Productions, the Government of Canada, or the Department of National Defence. This is a Mike Lacroix Production.